alive. Julian, have you thought up uh, intro for us yet? I I'm three whole weeks. I'm still working out the kinks. Listen here, listen here. You 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 all know that. Listen, when you're getting lost in the multiverse, on the on the on the infinite quest to level up your game, and potentially the game of those around you, you tend to get lost out there, right? The multiverse is a big place. There's a lot of scary and uh, difficult difficult areas to get through. So when you inevitably get lost, get lost in that multiversal in, sauce. When when you get lost in that multiversal sauce. And you just got to turn into that one radio station that's really going to put you, put you at ease, put you, put you back at home. You know that's Hex Drinkers After Dark, baby. Mm, mm, yeah. Julian, if you had to pick a condiment that you think is on every plane in the multiverse, which one would you pick? Barbecue sauce, easily. Barbecue sauce? I mean, you got yeah. dragons. They're they're clearly fans of barbecue sauce on their their toasted I am, sheep. But I am notorious. In that, like, basically all of my friends make fun of me for, you know, like, hating condiments. I don't like ketchup. I don't like mustard. I don't like mayonnaise. So, give me, like, some barbecue sauce. Like, I would go for something, like, I'm a, I'm a huge, like, soy sauce fan. Mm-hmm. Like, soy sauce. Um, like, weird stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. Aio- aiolis. But, like, if you're, if I'm just going to give you, like, a basic Aioli one, like, could be barbecue a good one. sauce. That would be kind of, like, you know, a little, a little fancy. What is yeah, ranch I mean, even is, made out of? Trash. Trash. Actual well, they trash. got trash in every plane, so that that be, could be good. But maybe you need like, to reach a certain level of civilization they have, before listen, you can they create have, ranch. <laughs> do they have hidden valleys on every plane? That's the hidden real question. Valley. Oh, of course. I think that's like half of the hideaway lands, right? Probably. probably. <laughs> Eventide is making all the world's ranch. That's where all the planeswalkers go when they need like the scary <laughs> hidden valley commercials. Oh sweet lord! Anyway, though, right, right. we're, to, we're so to talk some. We're, magic. we're happy. We're happy that you're, you know, at this in in this dark and fruitful hour. We're happy that you turn into hex drinkers after dark, baby. And uh, <laughs> and um, I think it makes you know. it worse. So the listeners know that's not a sound clip. That's just Julian who's decided to be quieter each time he says it. Now, that's true. And listen, it until we get a complaint. I'm just going to keep doing it. So if you what, don't like what it, podcast send a is this, Julian? What, what is this? It's not Hextricker's podcast. It's After Dark. Beautiful. Damn. All right. Tell us what we're doing today, I, Julian. Yeah. Well, I, here, here on Hextricker's After Julian, Dark. I feel like you're, you're just trying to tell us what we're doing today, we, and you, you just got to get it out. You can't let I'm anybody I'm trying stop to tell you. you. We're always here to talk about the important topics. Mm-hmm. Like, like what, Julian? What what are the important topics? I swear to God, I had something. Hold on, hold on. I really had something. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this I'm gonna cut this bit out. Hold up. No, you're not. You're not cutting this part out. No, no, no. I am gonna cut this bit out. Um, I fuck. I had. I literally had it, and it was it was gone. I had something. It's fine. The Julian's mind is an ethereal place. We'll come up with a, a please, worse please transition. Just, please just give me ten. Please just give me ten more seconds. Please just give me ten more. Ten seconds. more seconds. All right, we'll play some elevator music in the meantime while, while Julian thinks of something witty to say for what we're here for today. It's not like we're all already here and waiting. We're here to talk about how to secure funding for your startup. That's exactly right. And by that, I mean, we're here to talk about brewing some random commanders from the year 2021. Because last week, Chev... Mm-hmm. Last week and not yesterday. No, nope, um, not yesterday. We 
we talked about it's actually not yesterday it was two days ago uh, we we <laughs> talked about we yeah time, we live in a society um we talked about the absurd amount of commander cards that have been printed this year and mm-hmm. how 235 they're just like all heaters yes i always round up to 250 but that's an incorrect number and now we I know still got a month man we there's still time we wait, have like actually wait, two we weeks didn't, but we thank didn't you. count the secret layers there's at least four from um the <laughs> the Stranger Things that are printed for Commander. Oh, sweet Jesus, you're right. Um, Maybe well, more like those don't count because <laughs> fuck them. Um, yeah, but anyway, Wise so we words. talked about how we talked about the Commander cards. They're very cool. There's a lot of good ones. I had a revelation of how there's just several cards that I should be putting in my decks, and of course. With the recent push, and by recent, I mean like the last like three or four years now, uh, Wizards loves just making things legendary, right? Legendary And if creatures. something's legendary, you can play it at the helm of your commander deck. So there's a bunch of legendary creatures that we got that got printed this year. Uh, I believe around 50-ish, 52 yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, around there. So we figured we would look at some of those, not the face ones, because the face ones, they obviously have been built around. But, you know, some of the other ones... And just kind of talk about what we would do with them. Mm-hmm. And to make it fun, obviously, Chev's here. Normally, I would say we'd flip a coin, but there's no 35-sided coins. So we're going to randomly number generate a number, and we're going to figure out which commander we're going to talk about. Right? So so for, is that, uh, is that correct? for context, that is exactly correct. For context, there's been, I think, 15 or 16, I might have missed one, face commanders printed for this year, right? Because there was four in Commander 2021. 20, Four in AFC, and then two for each of the other three sets or something like that. So we tried to remove all the ones that are at the face of those commander decks, and we're left with about 35, 34 uh, commanders that were kind of, you know, they're the um, they're the assist character. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to roll that random number. We're going to find one of these, these from the list, courtesy of Scryfall, and we're going to get a little brewery. I ain't gonna lie. I already see like two or three here that are face commanders. So you 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 already failed, but it's fine. I I, I did my best. I Millicent Restless Revenant made it through uh, from the I think Val, um, and then there might be a couple others. We'll re-roll. You know, yeah, We're not perfect. It's fine. It's fine. Searching for commanders by their individual mm-hmm. uh, name. You know, you're gonna miss a couple when you're just doing this at work. The facts. That's that's the reason why I did not originally do that because I was like, I don't want to have to like go it's and so like much work. put into Scryfall, not this name, not it this was name. just a guess. Uh, anyway, it, it was really a guess. So thirty five commanders, random number generator dot com, aka yep. Google. One through thirty five, what do we got? Boom. Thank you, Google. Thirty five um is Zaffy Thunder Conductor, which is a face commander, so we're gonna roll again. <laughs> Perfect. So I, oh, I must have spelt the name wrong. There we go. That's why. Oh, probably. All right, what about thirty one? So 35, 4, 3, 2, 1. Fear Manifest, which is, I believe, a card that we mentioned on the last one because yeah, I saw this I card and I was like, what is what is this unspeakable It's Ashiok creation? Tribal. Uh, so Umbris Fear Manifest, uh, 5 mana, 1, 1. Very yeah, that's unlimited. what you want. Nice. your stats. Three, 3, a blue and a black. So you know we're doing just horrible things if we're broken playing things. blue and black in the same deck. Um, not, necessarily bro- not necessarily broken, just horrible things. Uh, yeah. Nightmare Horror, spooky. The art certainly is spooky. It gets 1-1 one, one for each card your opponents own in exile. So we would like to exile cards. 
Mm-hmm. And whenever it or another nightmare or horror enters the battlefield under your control, target opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a land card, a.k.a. Mind Grind. Okay. So, Hate it. You know, I, if I was against I'm this, not gonna... I would have not a good time. <laughs> I, I think I hate it just because I don't really like this commander and I, I don't feel like I would have fun uh, playing it. But immediately coming to mind some sort of Voltron strategy. So basically we just want to exile as many cards from our opponent's libraries as possible, mm-hmm. either through Umbris's ability or through other things and get this very big and then attack. We're definitely, we're in blue and black. So there's plenty of ways to make this unblockable. Right. Artful dodge, aqueous form, rogue's passage. Yeah, and we just get this really big, and we kill our opponents. Um, do you have so, thoughts on, on a, a couple things that stick out to me? Is that's exactly not the direction I was thinking. I I was thinking of more heinous, you know, uh, nightmare or horror tribal. You know, we got a lot of random nightmares in Ikoria because that was one of the creature types that kind of cycled through. We had like cat nightmare whatever the other ones were. Uh, So we've got a lot of these blue and black nightmares. We've got conspiracy is in these colors. Arcane adaptation is in these colors. Um, uh, Maskwood or whatever that four mana, everything has every creature type is obviously in these colors because it's an artifact. So as long as we uh, just keep... Vast... What? The the Maskwood Nexus. Nexus, Whatever. You know know what I mean. Everything's got changelings, but... We, we play as many horrors and nightmares as possible. And then a, a, a deck is going to have, you know, if you're a normal deck, 36 lands. If you're someone else, maybe more like 32. Um, but it, it's only going to have that many. So if you've got like 35, 36 creatures in your deck, the rest are counter spells. You can get through things pretty easily. And then by just accident, you end up with a Voltron commander. Because, of course, the cards that your opponents have in exile aren't going anywhere as Umbris dies, goes to the command zone, comes back, plays out, and you're in, you, you can play Netherborn Altar, you can play Command Beacon, you can play all these cards so you don't end up having to pay more, but Umbris is going to keep coming back stronger and stronger without kind of losing its place. So that's great for the Voltron strategy, but I'm really thinking Nightmare and Horror Tribal, we have all the cards to make everything Nightmares and Horrors, so everyone's decks are just going to be depleted super fast. That's valid. Um, there are 212 nightmares or horrors in the Demir colors. We love it. Um, I'm not really seeing any super heaters, except for, Chev, I must implore you to look this card up because the art is 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 peak fiction. Uh, it's called literally Cosmic Horror. Three, yeah, tri- love it. three and three black for a first strike horror 7-7. Seven, seven. And at the beginning of your upkeep, unless you pay three and, and three black... Uh, you must sacrifice Cosmic Horror, and it also deals seven damage to you. So one of the classic, you got to pay the toll if you want your somewhat overstated <laughs> vanilla creature. So something um, I would like to point out, you know, you, you mentioned not a lot of heaters, but there's been a push for horrors in the most recent uh, Innistrad sets. Holebreaker Horror happens to be a horror. That's the seven mana, seven, eight with flash, can't be countered. And then whenever you cast a spell, return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand, or return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. That giant weird slug thing is a horror. Um, overcharged Amalgam, the flash-flying exploit creature, that when it exploits, counter-target spell, activate ability, or triggered for four mana, also a horror. Uh, and then, of course, if you want to get really, really nasty, Ashiok, Nightmare, Muse, 
Uh, of course, it's not whenever you cast a Nightmare or Horror spell, so we can't get into this with, like, Changeling spells. Um, but the plus one ability of that Ashiok is make a 2-3 blue and black uh, Nightmare creature with whenever it attacks or blocks each opponent exiles the top two. That is putting a Nightmare onto the battlefield. That is going to be enough for um, for our, our, our fair Nightmare Horror right here. I do, I do like that. I do like that. There's also a Graven Abomination, which is really a bad card, honestly. A three-mana artifact creature, 3-1. But whenever it attacks, you can exile target card from defending player's graveyard. So if you just get to attack Ooh. a bunch, yeah. you can start pumping up that uh, that Umbra. So Nightmare Travel certainly is a thing. Like you said, there's definitely a lot of Nightmares and Horrors mm -hmm. in Innistrad. And also, there was Nightmare was one of the like uh, creature-type things yeah that um was in Ikoria. also i'm scrolling through these and we were talking about this the the secret layer for stranger things uh the mind flare is technically a horror so you could play that if you wanted to <laughs> and it, we're in the colors of clones baby you know you got spark double you got um notion not notion thief the uh whatever the one is um that's in blue black nemesis of reason Ooh, that would be heinous whenever it attacks the so, player puts the top 10 cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard just so, obliterate things so chev my so what what, what i was going to suggest mm -hmm. is I'll we could play a <laughs> you bastard we <laughs> could play a classic demir sort of mill deck mm -hmm. but we just play things that have that replacement effect of if something we would put in the graveyard uh, exile instead so nemesis of reason would be great in that deck when you're pairing it with something like a ley line of the void something like a uh Dothy Voidwalker, which put in work in uh, right, one of yeah. our games recently. Anything um, yeah, that exiles any those, graveyards is going to be beautiful here. Yeah, you could even play just a bunch of mill and then hit someone with a Relic of Progenitus or a mm -hmm. Tormod's Crypt. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, as long as you can get a bunch of them in one sweep, you know, if you can get eight cards in one sweep, you play Umbris, now all of a sudden it's a 9-9 nine -nine at least. Um, you know, those... People are not playing card. People are not playing pull from eternity and rift sweeper that are randomly pulling back a singular card from exile. So as long as you can yeah. play cards that um, oh, Kalidus, Trader of Get, whenever a creature there's there's numerous cards that do that. But um, yeah, Kalidus I mean once once you exile that. twenty, of course, Umbris is lethal, which is crazy to think about. True, and that and that of course also goes across each card your opponent's own. So if you have something that says each opponent exiles the top. Uh, what if you have three opponents, each opponent exiles the top seven cards of the library or something, yeah. or, or something, you know, we're there where you can do that. Now, all of a sudden, every time you play Umbris, it is immediately lethal. And like I was saying, we're playing blue and black. So there's definitely ways to either give it unblockable fear, shadow, all these uh, keywords that basically say, hey, you're not blocking this. And now all of a sudden you've taken lethal Voltron damage. So Julian, I have something for you that's going to make you cringe. It's going to make you think that you almost want to play this deck just for how terrible it is. Uh, oh, sweet Jesus. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? I'm. Yes, I am. Phoenix, God of Deception. Five mana, four, seven. One of the original Theros gods. Indestructible. Uh, rest mm -hmm. of it doesn't matter. I don't even know why I told you it's indestructible. The point is, creatures you control have tap. Target player puts the top X cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard where X is this creature's toughness. You already mentioned Facts. the triplicating of factor. You know, you get the top seven cards. It shouldn't be that hard. You know, exiling a couple lands, you'll get there in one or two activations. And then you are milling someone for 21, for 40, for 60 cards. It's, I obviously, if you're building this deck, you're putting uh, Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger in there as well. But 
I think Phoenix actually outclasses Ulamog in this sense. Yeah, Phoenix is is a very powerful card. It's it's kind of a known quantity in terms of just mill decks, especially uh, yeah mill. yeah. Phoenix is a is one of the premier mill commanders. I would say I I, I don't have EDA Trek up up now, but I would say it's probably one of the top <laughs> Demir commanders. So you definitely should put Phoenix. Well, depending how you construct this, I think you probably should put Phoenix in here. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, once you start talking about putting Phoenix in, and you are trying to do that. Maybe you just want to put Phoenix at the helm instead because he's so efficient. True. But that then that does start to kind of morph the deck in a slightly different direction. Right, because they don't get so, exiled. You would need that Relic of Progenitus tech or the uh, Tormod's Crypt that you are mentioning. Right. So it's definitely something you can include in an Umbris deck. But I could see if someone was making this, if they just say, oh, well, if I kind of want to be doing this mill sort of thing anyway, why don't I just play right. um, Phoenix? But, I mean, Umbris certainly is... I think the biggest downfall for me is that Umbris is a five mana one one. Um, mm-hmm. If this was a three mana card, um, right, it takes it, a while before it can actually get out there in the first place. You know, so it, it seems like it's like you got you want to do all the setup, and then you just drop Umbris immediately, give it haste maybe with some greaves, give it unblockable with something else, and and go to town. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't feel like something that you can kind of let sit in a crew value. Right, but, it's not going to accrue value, but. In, in the traditional sense, right? Um, but if your deck is so focused around exiling your other opponent's stuff, when Umbris comes down turn five or something like that, it will still come down a powerhouse. Because it's not cards that were exiled with Umbris, it's just cards in exile. So if you can get your things like your early removal spells in there, or there's a couple good mill spells that um, exile cards instead, like Tasha's Hideous Laughter... Uh, Oh, yeah. That you can come down kind of earlier. And then when Umbris finally hits the field, it's going to be a lot more effective. So I feel like the the five mana one one is definitely not ideal. But the fact that Umbris doesn't need to be down to have the same amount of value uh, is insane. That's true. That's for sure. I wish its triggered ability of whenever it or another Nightmare or Horror enters Mm -hmm. uh, hit everyone's top top of the library it only hits target opponent because if this mm, came down and it immediately exiled true. the top three of your other opponents this would be a five mana four four that's much more acceptable but really it's just a five mana two two um well so. yeah it, it's it's a little bit risky like you could you could end up like some of the games that we've seen recently where someone is just getting mana screwed and you're just going through five six seven eight cards uh before it comes down but you're right that it could very easily just be a five mana two two when it when it enters. That's kind of like the right. worst case. But obviously, this is why deck construction is so important. You can mitigate the uh, you know the bet the the uh, the drawbacks mm-hmm. of the card to make it powerful. So I, I certainly think there's something you can do there. But um, I think I've said pretty much everything I want to say about Umbris. What, what do you say we move on to another another legendary creature? Yeah, I think I think um, Umbris is, is not necessarily linear, but it's very clear what you want to be doing. You're either going to be focusing, or you're probably going to do both uh, based on the number of actually good Nightmares. You're going to be playing as many Nightmares as possible, but it's really going to be about the removal spells that exile, the uh, quote-unquote mill spells that exile, and then just coming down with Umbris and trying to beat face a little bit while your opponents are depleted on resources. I think there's a lot of good potential here. I think it's also going to be a painful deck. Um, so while it might be fun to kind of put together and, uh, you know, scheme, be careful when you play this in either new groups or established groups or really any groups, because 
regardless of how it actually just doesn't affect gameplay, no one likes watching their decks get exiled. It's kind of one of those unfun patterns that is kind of, you know, you have to know what you're getting into, right? Like Tiny Bones or whatever the jumpstart skeleton that uh, does mm. hand destruction. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of... You, you sort of have to know, especially when you're playing Demir, mm-hmm. uh, it's, that's just kind of how those cards are lined up. Right. They generally are the, the most evil, I would say, yeah. of the... Uh, so, we're, not, we're not talking uh, like a, a uh, you know, Umbris causes... Uh, we're not talking like a cigarette label on the box here, but we are saying like caution, you know, be careful what you ask for with this kind of deck because the, Umbris might be killed on sight. The the commander attorney general. Yeah. Warning. <laughs> Command, we are the commander attorney generals. We have decided and uh, no one will refute this. And we say that Umbris is going to come with a little bit of a warning label on that on that package. Big facts. All right. Well, let's see let's if our the next random pick number generator again. I think we got a couple with more a, in us. A, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. All the way from 31 to 2. Number Ooh. 2, Chef. Yo, I'm, I'm excited for this one. of Mithril Hall. This is, a, uh, this is from the AFR ones. It's a, a human archer legendary creature. Only costs a green and a white. So only 2 mana as opposed to 5 mana for the last one. 2-2. Uh, two, 2-mana, two, two 2-2. Mana, two, two. All right. Got a couple abilities. First Strike and Reach. It's an archer. Love Very it. nice. Um, it also says whenever Cadibri attacks, you put a 1-1 one, one counter on it for each equipment attached to it. Interesting. So we're doing equipment in Selesnia as opposed mm-hmm. to Boros. And it also has an activated ability of pay a generic and you remove all plus one plus one counters from Cadibri. And she deals X damage to target attacking or blocking creature and opponent controls where X is the number of uh, counters removed this way. One one counters, that is. We were right. just uh, we were just playing some games. I was playing with Tygam or uh, not Tygam, Tyam, who cares about all different <laughs> types of counters. But this is just one one counters. Right. So... So, Caddy Bree is interesting. She's an aggressive creature. She's, I mean, a two-mana 2-2 with first strike and reach is technically well-statted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she wants equipment. She wants to grow with equipments, and obviously equipments are going to buff her. Uh, but then she also has this ability where she can play really controlling by destroying, blocking, or attacking creatures to either save creatures that you are attacking in with or to eliminate uh, attackers at you and kind of control the board presence so w- what are you feeling with Cadibri? so something i want to point out here that is really huge is normally with these types of creatures that can kind of deal with attacking or blocking threats the activated ability causes them to tap but Cadibri, you can you can get in and attack with all the equipments all the one one counters added with your first strike reach powerful archer and then even with Cadibri tap you know you can take off uh, at least one creature kind of um, after that point, right? So I think that is something huge mm-hmm. to remember. Uh, and I really like, I'm getting strong sort of Valduk vibes. Uh, Valduk from the Dominaria set who makes a 3-1 elemental for each aura and equipment attached to him at the beginning of combat. Obviously a very different ability and very different archetype, but I really like this sort of focusing on the additional benefit of sort of a Voltron or a particular route. I think that is, is really cool. Um, I've been in one one counters land for quite some time with Humza. So I think that that is kind of where my mind is already a little bit getting to. We have some very solid equipment. Uh, we got some other really cool ones in um, AFR and in the latter half of this year. Something that comes to mind is the, I think it's a two mana um, equipment with equip cost 10, but it costs 
uh, one less for each power of the creature that it's going to equip. And it gives creature base power and toughness 10. And I want to say that is the, the giant's gauntlet or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, something like that. But that sounds amazing for this deck where it's going to get huge, drop this on, and then Caddy Bree is lethal. Um, so I'm, I'm really thinking that 1-1 one, one counter angle, all that synergy that's already in Selesnia. Uh, Sigarda's summons from the most recent set. You know, as soon as you get a 1-1 one, one counter, it's got base 4-4 four, four and flying. Um, and, and just really kind of hammering those abilities home. Even though white has a lot of artifact synergy, and so we might get a couple of those, uh, the card I was thinking of earlier is Belt of Giant Strength, actually, Julian. Uh, you know, know hmm. your random AFC cards, please. Hey, I, I knew for those people. other cards from the other from earlier today. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. And, and there's just so much there with the counters that I think I would end up trying to build it that way, even though I think I would like it more as an equipment deck. I've done so much with counters recently. I would like to see it equipment. I, and honestly, I just really want to see a place for that new... Um, another two-mana equipment from AFC. Equip cost one. Uh, they get... But they phase out. Two-mana equip creature phases out. I want to see that get a home. I think that is a super cool ability. Mm. I, I love the return of phasing we've seen recently. And so, even though I think I would build Caddybree more on the 1-1 counters, because then you get the ability to deal with those large threats, because these things are going to kind of get up there. Oh, Fractal Harness? My god, I mean, that's that's mono green. You can put that on there, Jeez. double the 1-1 counters each time. Um, that's going to be super helpful when you're trying to deal with actually large threats like dragons or Eldrazi or that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. I, think, I think there's a lot here to work with. What about you? Yeah, I, I was so I was looking and I'm... I don't love the Voltron. Mm -hmm. I've never, I've never been a huge uh, Super Voltron fan. So the whole, you know, equip this up, um, especially since this, it feels like it's trying to pull slightly in, in two different directions with its, its kind of first line of text and its second right. line of text. So I, I was trying to see if there's any way where I can uh, suit up Caddy Bree, attack, get a bunch of counters, and then use those as resources for something. Unfortunately, I was not really pulling mm -hmm. up anything that says, oh, um, you know, remove. Uh, one one counters and you get to do such a thing really the only the only <laughs> the only interesting thing i found was ooze flux which is a four man enchantment that says one in a green remove one or more oh counters. yeah yeah make uh, them oozes. remove one or more yeah plus one plus one counters from among creatures you control so if you have other creatures that have counters you can do that too and you get an xx green ooze where it's that many counters so you can start to make kind of tokens utilizing this mm -hmm. um but I think really the way that I would want to do it is just uh, playing things like Citadel Siege, like um, things that also obviously buff up the amount of counters you have. So right. uh, Hardened Scales, Doubling Season, etc. Just growth. things that are going to continually, yeah, continually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hydra's Growth, uh, Fractal Harness. Um, things that are going to continually keep Caddy Bree having a bunch of counters so that I can continually um, just shoot things, really. Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially she is going to be able to really keep the board clear of if you're playing any deck playing against any deck that's playing a lot of utility creatures or like an elf deck or anything with a bunch of smaller creatures. Uh, I feel like anything between the one and three toughness range, you just basically kill on site. Um, yeah. So playing that kind of control control ish aspect. And then if you have a few good equipments, you can just kind of continually chip in with caddy Bree um, while of course you're playing 
you know your your other good white cards like sword supplashers path yeah. yeah. if someone if someone decides they want to play their seven seven you're like okay well i'll i'll just deal with that with my my normal removal right okay um, that's that's that definitely makes more sense because one of the things i i dislike or something to watch out for of course is you have to remove all the counters you can't just remove some of them so you've been building up caddy Bree, and then the threat is coming to you in the form of you know something small that's sneaking in there and dealing damage um you're, you're going to kind of like overcompensate really so it, it definitely makes sense i i really like the idea of kind of dealing with smaller threats with caddy Bree as kind of like picking these these threats off from a distance with a, a bow and arrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think you can ever really like if, if you're getting Caddy Bree to the point where she has 10 one one counters on her. Why are you not just killing the opponent? Really? Right, right. Um, that makes, a you lot know, of why sense. are you not just basically doing a Voltron deck or theoretically you have some good equipments on there? Maybe, you know, like a, a dark steel plate and a, a greaves and some swords or whatever. Mm -hmm. So at that point, so if, if we're not going straight up Voltron, you know. Because, like, you could just do straight-up Voltron where you equip a couple of equipment stir, and then she attacks, gets those counters, and now all of a sudden she's a two-hit kill, a one-hit kill, whatever. Yep. But um, if we're not doing that, and we're just kind of playing Caddy Bree as uh, almost utility, right? Because yep. we're playing green and white, so we're going to be playing plenty of good removal, plenty of powerful creatures, plenty of good ETBs in those colors as well, and some good recursion as well. Um, Caddy Bree almost, you know she's the archer she's the ranger you know kind of thematically in D D, a lot of times those are the support classes they're firing from afar while other people are kind of charging into battle your your mm -hmm. paladins or whatever i, I don't know I, I don't know much about D, &D but something something D, &D. Of, eric if, if you're, comes on, you know we'll, if, we'll say something. yeah if you're if you're talking about like the the rp the, the the base rpg framework right you know a lot of times your your archers yeah they're they're firing from afar you know supporting fire suppressing fire right yeah you know if we're if we're if we're talking yep. about something uh from this day and age so yeah so i've got Bree, a um uh, i've got a fun one for you julian i had phoenix last time i was looking at um so archer i remember was kind of one of the types i got a little bit of support on lorwin right we had that secondary mm -hmm. sort of like class structure with warriors archers shamans etc Great Bow Doyen. Doyen? Uh, it doesn't matter. Five mana, two, four. Other archers get plus one, plus one. Respectable. Whenever an archer you control deals damage to a creature, that archer deals that much damage to the creature's controller. Oh. All right. Listen, I'm done for a little archer tribal here. A little archer tribal. A little... The one use case for really getting Cadabry huge to deal with any threat because that damage will redirect... Of well, not redirect, but, you know, be dealt to their uh, controller as well. That could be super solid. Um, I don't think it's something to really plan for. I wouldn't try to build your deck around making Caddy as Julian said, as big as possible and then using that on an ability. It really makes sense to kind of just have five or six good equipment, a couple good one, one counter doublers, branching evolution being the most recent and weirdly like the same cost as hardened scales, which... In a deck like this, you know, go for the one that doubles your tokens, not that just adds a token or, or a counter. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's I mean, something to really consider. Branching Evolution put some work in earlier today. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think the one other thing that I, I'm trying to think of, and I mean, well, I think by the time this comes out, the, the Secret Santa decks will, co will come out. Um, an unspeakable symbol type card. Mm -hmm. I'm, on, I'm on that counters kick. Uh, a way, basically, a way so that we can put counters on Caddy whenever we want. So if 
our opponent is attacking us with three creatures, we can theoretically kill three creatures. Right. Even though you have to remove all, you activate it once, you put some counters on it through whatever means, um, whether mm -hmm. it's something that moves counters between creatures or something that just generates yeah. counters. You've got nesting grounds that would work once um, as the land that's tap it and you get to move counters between two things. I don't know if that is activated as a sorcery though, but uh, that's something I think I about because I, I have that in my Hypatra deck. But mm -hmm. right at any time, at instant speed, I think you run into some difficulty. You have the uh, Feldar Retreat, I think, from Zendikar Rising. Uh, Landfall, put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control. But of course, that's going yeah. to be during your turn. Unless, of course, you know you have untapped uh fetch lands or like an evolving wilds that you're keeping open for the situation you know an emergency but that's that's a lot of setup for a single counter to deal with a single one one threat yeah that's true yeah there's uh they've they've really been careful with mm -hmm. their uh their wording on cards recently we've, we've seen this with a lot of the uh this triggers only once per turn really yep. and uh caddy Bree, once again the having to remove all the counters and it only dealing with attacking or blocking creatures um, really isn't necessarily a bad thing, but in terms of what I want to do, right? I'm just like, it's not why, wizards. Enough. Why? Why can't I have? I mean, listen, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two mana green white card. Come on, let me have, let me have some things. Yeah. What's here. what's the but, uh, um, what's the actually heinous one that I think is a direct like reason they they kind of tune this down. Eric ran him for a while. Um, I think they're coming back. It's the, like, remove 1-1 one, one uh, counters. Morath? Yeah, Morath. This definitely Marath, yeah. is, like, they looked at Morath and were like, let's not do that again. Um, a little yeah. bit less here. Well, Morath, they they screwed straight from the start because they didn't put the, you know, X, X can't be zero on that. Yeah, so you can you make can the zero infinitely... zeros just enter. Yep. Yeah, and Brutal. if you have anything like an impact tremors, then uh, it's just it's GG right there. But, yeah. So yeah, Cadbury of Mithril Hall. Um, for for a Selesnia commander, even though it does deal with one one counters, I think it's a a step in the right direction in terms of being different and interesting and refreshing as opposed to a lot of what Selesnia has been trying to mm -hmm. do in the past. Mm -hmm. So I do I do like that, and um, I think this is a deck that it's going to require a lot of research, a lot of thought, a lot of scryfall searches to a lot of scryfall find searches. to find a, a not even an optimized build, but just a, a build that that is yep. you know is 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 nice, but um I think it's going to be that much more rewarding when you do get there. Just and I think it's it going to be cheap. A, like if if learning I think about right. one one counters has taught me anything, even though Hamza is more of a go wide as opposed to go tall when it comes to counters, a lot of those good cards from the um simic commander 2021 deck which honestly you should just pick up like there are so many good cards in that specifically really any of them have staples but the simic one has a lot of good stuff when it comes to one one counter strategies token strategies all that stuff but like fractal harness like we talked about or some of the other ones are going to be really good and really cheap you can build a caddy breed deck that will probably behave decently well in lower powered metas um sub 50 bucks i'm sure unless you want to start putting in things like doubling season and branching evolution and hardened right. scales branching now, evolution is only now, ten dollars so it is an investment when you're at those lower levels but it's no 60 dollars doubling season yeah that's true yeah yeah branching evolution and hardened scales honestly are good for any sort of one one counter deck and mm -hmm. 
I don't know when they're going to be reprinted, so I'm just going to say yeah. that they're not going down anytime soon. So if you if you do want to do anything like that, I would spring for those first. Getting both of those is still much less than the doubling season. Get those yeah. first, see how they play out, and then if you're in the position for it or you want to spring for it, um, then go for your doubling seasons and your stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right, Julian, what do you say? One last one? Um, I think we definitely can do another one. Let's let's see what the number generator gives let's us. See what the holy number generator says that we are beholden to. It's gonna make us do nineteen. Math. 19. Nineteen. Oh, that is definitely math. Wait. One, two, we three, can four, we can five, do some seven, eight, nine, 10, four, 11, 12, eight, 12, 16. All right. Well. Well, this is a face one, so we gotta we gotta re-roll. Yep. We got <laughs> we gotta do it again. God dang. God dang. Um. Here to teach you some math. Seven. Seven. Okay. Beautiful. Felisa right. Fang of Silverquill. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna nix this again because uh longtime fans of the Hex Shrinkers podcast, the inferior podcast of our, our sister <laughs> podcast, um, um uh will know that I built a Felisa Fang of Silverquill deck when I was doing the Year of Brew for uh, okay. you guys. So this was actually the deck that I built for you, Chev. And you have never played it once, you scumbag. Nope, I didn't know it existed. And I don't think fans of the podcast would either because Year of Brew is an article series, Julian. I don't think right. we've had a... if people a, are listening to the podcast, clearly they should be consuming all of our content. They should be so. consuming all of our content. We have some great stuff on our website. Um, it's definitely so anyway, good to check out. I will say check out the website or check out our Moxfield. Find the Felisa Fang of Silver Quill deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say it's Year of Brew... I'm just gonna throw out a random ass number. Number, uh, you are. Wait, hold up. I definitely. It is going to be year of brew number fourteen. I'm Ooh. gonna say. I'm, I'm calling my. I'm calling my shot right now. All right. I'm calling my shot. I it, can't it wait is, for it to be wrong. I'm gonna be honest. Sorry, it is. It's either fourteen or it is. It's fourteen mm-hmm. or eleven. <laughs> it's one of those two. It's fourteen right. or eleven. Um, Roll that number anyway, generator I, for a third time, Julian. Yes, let us, let us, uh, I, I did actually really like that deck. All right, 23. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's 24 minus one. Chev, I'm landing on the octopus. Is that what you landed on as well? Uh, that's is, is that that's where my cursor was. I think that's what we're going for. Octavia, a living thesis. Eight and two blue for an eight, eight. This spell costs eight less to cast if you have eight or more instant and or sorcery cards in your graveyard. Ward eight magecraft whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell target creature has base power and toughness eight eight until end of turn so fun fact there are eight eights on this card because it's an octopus one two three four five six seven one two three because one four, five, six, eight seven, is in eight. word you're yep, looking for the numbers you're right yep one two bada three, bing four, bada five, boom six, seven, elemental eight. octopus let's go all right we're talking My. mono blue so you should have all of your uh, cantrips in here. You've got your opts. You've got your sculpts or whatever the one from Midnight Ponders, Hunt is. What is it? Ponders, Preordains, consi- Considers. Considers, uh, from yep. Midnight Hunt, yep. All those beautiful um, ones. You should get there pretty quickly. We're not saying you're going to drop this like turn three or four, but by turn five, you should have this on the field, making moves, and 8-8 eight, eight with weird form of hexproof. Um, but I think the Well, really- so the thing is, right, uh, by turn five, you'll be casting this, but it only costs you two mana. So you'll still have mm-hmm. mana up for counter spells, bounce spells, right? Um, pongifies, whatever. Yeah. So this is this is a mage craft craft deck, and also it gets that that bonus from 
having uh, eight or more instants. So you definitely want to be spell slinging, like Jeff said. You want to play a lot of cantrips, um, a lot of things like just bounce spells, like snap is good, yeah. um, vapor snag, and of course things like pongify, reality shift, um, raven form. Do I dare mention <laughs> raven form and in resculpt? Um, Do it. They're out there. The people need to know. It's time to play them. I think the really interesting thing here, though, is, you know, the the target creature becomes an 8-8. Of course, Octavia is already an 8-8, so you're not targeting that. But you're looking for small creatures. So it's almost like you're looking for some tokens and stuff. Yeah, so I think I think tokens is definitely something that you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue, not necessarily known for tokens, unless you're talking about something like Talran the Sky Summoner. Yep. Where, Talran, which Master says, of the Waves, maybe? Uh, Master of Waves. Uh, I actually need to look up that card. Chev, look up that card for me real quick. It's, uh, um, it Tal- makes a bunch of 1-0s equal to the number of lands, I think, or, or Devotion to Blue, maybe one of those, and then um, oh, gives Elemental you control plus one plus one. True, true, true. So, yeah, so you'll have a bunch of nine, uh, nine eights. Definitely, if, yeah, if you, if you can get a a good amount of permanence on the field with to uh, up your devotion to blue Talorand, of course whenever you cast an instant or sorcery you get a 2-2 uh, with flying so you have flying 8-8s now mm-hmm. which is which is also very nice um but of course you want to be casting a bunch of uh instance of sorceries for octavia anyway right. you probably want to um, pair it with uh dika fractal theorist i think from the same deck five mana three three uh magecraft of whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, create a zero zero green and blue fractal, put X one, one counters on it where X is that spells mana value. Cast a couple, you're making 10, 10, uh, 11, 11. I mean, we, we vanilla 11, 11s might not sound amazing, but commander still a format of 40 life. You know, you come in, especially with Talrand where you're making two twos with flying. And if you have an army of them swinging and your opponent doesn't know which one you're going to make a 8-8, like that is going to put people in a very tough position very quickly. Oh, 100%. Especially if you're you're doing your spells, your, your quote-unquote spell slinger deck properly, you're going to have a lot of tokens just from things like Talran, from uh, something like a Murmuring Mystic, which gives you 1-1 birds whenever you mm-hmm. cast uh, Instance of Sorceries. Um, and... And yeah, if you're if you're playing these things, which blue tends to generate tokens that have some sort of evasion, uh, flying generally, um, if all of a sudden, you know, you cast three spells in a turn and you're swinging for twenty four, or nope. if you're if you're playing with um, what's her name, Dina, the uh, fractal theorist, Dika, um, yep. like that's that's an underrated interaction that I feel like people don't recognize enough. If you have things that have uh, you know, are zero zeros and have counters and you change the base power and toughness, all of a sudden it's eight plus however many counters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and there's definitely plenty of ways um, to cast spells that have a converted mana cost much higher than what you're paying for them. If you, you know, cast a treasure cruise for one mana into Dika and you get an eight, eight or eight counters and now all of a sudden then you cast something else and you give it base power, it's now a 16 for theoretically two mana well couldn't you, you know, stack those stack those triggers so you make the the uh the eight eight enter and then well i guess it wouldn't have haste um but i feel like you could make a 16 16 for the turn that way well so it would it would be it would have eight counters and then you would make its base power and toughness eight with the octopus with octavia right i'm, I'm so saying you wouldn't an need another instant eight. or sorcery you could do it with the same one because they would both trigger uh y- 
there might be something weird in terms of like you have to target something and it doesn't actually oh, exist once, yet, once but I don't know. Stack. Okay, okay. But it's either way, you're making very big things. Dika has an underrated the the fractal thing is an, is an underrated thing For just sure. because when you're changing base power and toughness, but that's just a mm-hmm. that's more of me just getting on my soapbox and preaching about how the rules of magic work and that's we don't, we don't need to do that. So a couple um, things uh I I I want to jump in here quick because I yeah, I think please. Tetsuko Umazawa I've been trying to make this work in Commander for so long with Tetsuko at the head. Uh, two mana, one, three from Dominaria. Creatures you control with power, toughness, one or less, can't be blocked. You can do some really heinous stuff, especially thinking Master of the Waves, right? Where you're making these two, one elementals. They can't be blocked. They swing. You drop a couple of these one mana, Ponders, Preordains, um, Serum Visions, all that stuff. They are already unblockable at damage. You make them base 8-8. Eight, eight. You are swinging for so much kind of through the cracks yeah and i mean chev blue is kind of peak for just these random creatures that are already unblockable a lot of times i feel like we kind of don't give them any mind because generally they're not great but like i'm remembering playing Amonkhet draft and slither blade is yep. a one mana one two that just can't be blocked um miss from Cloak one Herald, of the Ixalan, triton shore stalker yes, yep yep from uh one from Ixalan, one from Theros, I believe. These are all just like one mana one ones or or something like roughly like that that can't be blocked. And now all of a sudden you are making them an 8-8 eight, eight, and they cannot be blocked. There's also plenty of things that like like Looter Ilkor, which when it hits, um, it loots. Uh, Ghostly Pilfer, when it hits, it loots. Stuff like that. So yeah. there's plenty of things that have Ilkors, really I think, good... have Shadow sometimes too, which is something to definitely think about. That's true, yeah. There's plenty of things that have good... Um, uh, like on combat damage triggers. So mm-hmm. you're going to be attacking with them anyway, but like generally, right, they're like one ones or two twos because they're unblockable or they have these good uh, on combat damage triggers. But now all of a sudden, you're also hitting for eight. So not only are you getting that value, but you're also just doing a bunch of damage to your opponent. Eight is what exactly tw- one fifth of their life, 20%. You know, that's a lot. Um, and then, of course, there's plenty of things that say when this hits, like, draw cards equal to the amount of damage it dealt and now oh, all of a sudden, instead yeah, of drawing yeah. a singular card you're drawing eight cards um i want to say cold ice elky off my bat off the bat but that's actually a, a simic card but i know there are blue cards that do. don't worry about do it you've got edge. cephalid constable whenever it deals combat damage to a player return up to that many target permanents that player controls to their owner's hand and it's a Sweet one one jesus that's you like get that with tetsuko in there rift. oof you're not gonna have any friends you're gonna get beat up in an alley that is a hundred percent like just cyclonic rift a player and get nasty with it wow (laughs) yeah that's that's wild um i'm trying to think of thought sponge when it dies draw cards equal to its power Mm, mm -hmm. this uh i know that technically this would no longer be an octavia deck Mm-hmm. But if there was some way to do, have you heard, Chev? Have you heard of the idea of Secret Commander? I do. I I have a very fun Secret Commander. I've been trying to make work. Yeah. So for for those listening who don't know Secret Commander, it is basically you build a deck and you have a commander at the helm, but your your true commander, your Secret Commander, is something in the ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Usually, this is just I need more colors or I need certain cards to make this work, but they're not in the color identity. So I'm imagining uh, an Is It Plus deck. Uh, that has this and basically you just make uh, I don't know maybe your goblin tokens that you've made because you have plenty of there's plenty of like spells that mm-hmm. just make like goblin tokens um, 
and you make all your goblin tokens like eight eights, and then you fling them at your opponents. Ooh. Uh, and I mean, shit, just... put Vadrix at the helm. Even then, like, it's Secret Commander, you're going for Octavia, but at least there, oh, you make Vadrix an 8-8, and then spells cost 8 generic less. Bro, that is... That's kind of blowing my mind. Wow, I just made that deck too. Like, I just made that deck for Eric, but now I'm like... That would have been... I'm tempted. Oof. It, wow. it's, it's time for an update, a, a day zero patch. Because it's, like, it's time, it's time for me to make that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. That's something that could be really, really strong. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent for sure. Um, yeah, and plus, you know, if you're playing anything like, you know, make it a base eight eight, but then also you have all those spells that are just like red X. This gets plus X plus O and trample or whatever. Now yep. all of a sudden, Octavia is a Voltron commander or something. Um, there's plenty of, uh, dirty things that you could do. Grafted exoskeleton, give something infect, um, oh, starts Jesus. at base eight, eight and infect doesn't scale in commander. Listen, brother. Hey, that's, that's something you can do in mono blue because there are, uh, there's at least blighted agent, which is right. Has, that already inf- has unblockable and, and is unblockable. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I think, I believe, I believe grafted exoskeleton also gives plus two plus two. Yep. So if you put that on it. Make it an 8-8. Eight, eight. It gets plus 2, plus 2. It's already 10. So you just need to cast a spell to make it the 8-8 eight, eight for turn, and then you can kill with it, which is... Well, I guess it already has Infect. You don't even need Blighted Exoskeleton. Right. The Blighted Exoskeleton is just good if you have another one of those other 1-1s one we talked about that's unblockable. Or you just have Octavia, who's already an 8-8, eight, eight, and then you just put it on her, and she's yeah. a 10-10 Infect. Or Wonder in your graveyard, and you've got all your creatures with flying. <laughs> true. True, true, true. Yeah. That's for sure. And there's pl- there's plenty of blue cards that draw cards and then discard cards, so it's not hard to put a wonder in your graveyard. This uh I think this one has the most potential. Like of the three we talked about tonight, I feel like you would have the most fun or, or with Octavia, there's more interesting developments to kind of take it in. Like we've talked about, you know, you've got the infect route, you've got the tokens route, you've got the using it as kind of a secret commander and another build. Uh, route there's a there's a lot more here because the ability is more generic that's for sure i i think the other well the the ability is is like quote unquote more generic there's less uh mm-hmm. like steps to it especially compared to something like a caddy Bree of mithril hall yep but it's just such like a I mean, let's let's say it for what it is. This is like kind of a meme commander, right? It's like it. Oh, there's eight eights on it because it's a it's an octopus. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but like, but like, I mean, like we talked about, like there's just something about these weird commanders that are just so off the wall that you can just kind of like really lean into all these different angles because right. you're just like eight eights because they're octopuses, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to something let's more throw specific. Some one, right. Let's throw some one one counters on something. Yeah. But, you know, not that I don't like Caddybury. I do like Caddybury. But uh yeah, Octavia is cheese, really doing yeah. it for me. Um I I don't know. Maybe maybe in the next game night or two you might you might you might feel the tentacle. <laughs> you might you you might get the uh, you might get the suck, the suction cup. <laughs> <laughs> Which was horrible phrasing in my part, but I did it on purpose, so. And this is why we don't have sponsors for this podcast. No, this podcast is brought to you by us. <laughs> This podcast is brought to bu- brought to you by brought to buy by you. <laughs> this podcast is made possible by the wonder people, wonderful people who go to patreon.com/hexdrinkers and donate. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to those lovely people. Um, if you like the content that we're producing, either on After Dark or on the normal Hexringers podcast, uh, please go on over to Patreon uh, and toss a corn to your Witcher so that you can continue to make this possible because... Pretty sure you just said toss a corn to your Witcher. And I mean, we'll accept that. Like, corn is toss great. Toss a corn. Put Listen. in some popcorn. We'll make, like, cream corn, corn on the cob. That's but yeah, corn, corn as well would be great because then we can buy our own corn and it'll probably be a little fresher. I mean, listen, the coin we get helps us to buy corn because we are human beings who need to eat food. This is true. But, um, you know, sometimes I don't want to eat corn. So if you give me a coin instead, I can maybe have some another vegetable. Some, some brie. Some, some, some caddy brie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or some, or some octopus if we save up That's a bunch some of Some calamari. <laughs> some calamari. They, I think that's a squid. Technically, there's a difference. Is it squid? Oh, screw no. it. Yeah, dude. Octopus is... If you never had octopus, try and have it sometime. But, uh... All right. Prob- probably not Octavia. You'd probably fight back. Yeah, no. I don't I don't know if that would... <laughs> that's dangerous. Anyway, we've reached the point in the cast where we started rambling. Mm-hmm. But, uh, this was fun. If you want us to do this again, you definitely can hit us up. At Hexdrinkers, places. Right? We got, yeah, we got the yeah, Twitters. At, at we got the Instagram. I was trying to avoid doing... The, the, full the whole thing spiel. because I that's do, where we're I ending it for the normal hextrickers.com exactly. find us on twitter that's that's all you need to know those are our cool spots yeah true anyway this has been after dark it's time to go to bed 